0: Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. So good.
1: Merry Christmas, everybody. It's great to be in the house of the Lord on this awesome holiday. Well... I heard a story that I wanna share with you that's very moving. And it's a story of a father and a son who had a strained relationship. The boy had lost his mom at an early age. And while dad was very, very successful, he didn't have enough time to spend with his son. Even though he raised him, he provided for him, he did all the things that a father is supposed to do. But dealing with grief and then also running the family business, they just kind of drifted apart. This happened year after year after year, and then all of a sudden, the boy graduated high school and it was time to move off to college. Went off to college, and this separation from his father also just made the relationship more and more strained. In fact, the first three years, they hardly had any contact at all something began to happen the senior year of the boys um, college uh, graduating year he started to miss his dad and um, his dad also likewise was, was was missing his son and so the boy reached out and he said dad I've been thinking a lot about you the dad you know reciprocated and the boy started going home on the weekends in an effort to strengthen and to reestablish the relationship that had been lost. Healing began to happen almost overnight. And, um, and one of the times when, when the boy was back home, they were walking through the city, having a great time, they came by a used car lot and at that used car lot, the boy looked out and he saw a vehicle that was like his, like his dream vehicle. It was a convertible sports car. And he said, Dad, I've been working so hard in college and I'm pulling great grades. And I just want you to know, Dad, that as a graduating gift, I want you to know that there's nothing more that I would love to have more than that, that convertible car. And you might think, well, that's a bold thing to ask a son to his, his, his father. But once again, I want you to know that his father was very, very successful and his father had many of his own cars and vehicles, you know, was kind of a passion of the family. The boy was so elated about the possibility of getting this sports car, this used convertible, that he oftentimes would drop hints to his father Saying, Dad, graduation is coming up. And he would also share with other family members, you know what? Uh, make sure and drop a hint to dad that 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 remember what it is that I want. And so, so different family members would say, Boy, that boy of yours, he's sure excited about that car. Graduation came and everybody celebrated as he walked across the stage and received his diploma, and they went home, and the boy was anticipating great things and soon as they went home the dad invited the son into his study where he did all of his business and he sat his son down across the desk from him and there was a present it wasn't a large present certainly certainly not big enough to put that sports car in there was a present that was wrapped really nicely and had a beautiful bow on top of it and he slid the present the gift that the father had purchased for the son across the table and he said son here's your graduation present and the, the son was trying to hold back the frustration and the anger and and so he you know he put a fake smile on his on his face and he began to open up the box and whenever he opened it up he looked down into it and he saw a Bible And the Bible was a very nice Bible, a very expensive Bible. And the Bible had an engraving on the lower right-hand corner that 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 was the engraving of the son's name. And the boy picked it up just for a moment, but his anger and his frustration literally got away from him. And he slammed the Bible back into the box and he shoved the Bible, the box, the gift that his father had given him back across the the table. And he said something like this, such is life, such is life. And and the boy was getting up and throwing his chair back up against the the desk. And the father was just sitting there and he said, son, don't you want to read what it is that I've written in that? I've written some very important things in this gift for you. And he said, You know what, I've got all my life to live. And there will be probably time for a book of promises in my future. But I've got big dreams and things that I aspire to do. And so he shoved that across the table and he picked himself up and he went upstairs and packed a bag and he left the house. He used his father's good name to land a pretty good job because his father was very known, well-known in the community and really around the, the United States. So he lands a good job, and the boy is just like his father. He knows how to work hard, and he's diligent in his work, and so the boy quickly was becoming and building some success of his own. During this time, the boy met a girl that really caught his eye and they didn't have to date for very long but it was in short order that he had asked this young lady to to be his wife and share life with him for the rest of his life and she said yes and, and they had this big beautiful wedding but the father wasn't invited. About a year and a half into being married, they had their first boy, had a son Excited about building a family, but whenever that boy was born, the father wasn't invited. About two years after that, she came home and she and she shared with her husband. She shared with her husband that she was pregnant. And a few months later, they were able to, to take a test and they found out that a little girl was coming and something had shifted during this time. See, the boy was now, now that there's a little girl and he's been married and he's already got a son, there's a little girl on the way, something had shifted and he started thinking about his father. His father has not met anybody in his new family. And so one day with boldness and a little bit of anticipation, he picked up the phone and he called his dad. They had a conversation where They both shared that they had missed one another and they'd put a plan on the calendar two months away. They put a plan on the calendar that the boy and his new family was gonna drive across the country to be reunited with his dad and so that they could meet for the first time. In about two weeks prior to the trip happening, the boy received a phone call that his dad had a massive heart attack and, and died. Because the boy was the sole heir to his father's estate, he went home anyways and he hired some people to clean some things up and he had to go through some paperwork and deal with all the legal stuff. And and, um, in the midst of all of this, the boy entered into his father's study, the very last place that he remembered spending any time with his dad, the last place that that he had seen his dad alive and immediately he was overcome with emotion. Tears began to stream down his face and he was choked up and he, and he took himself and he didn't sit on the other side of the table, he went and sat where his dad had sat and built this great business and as he's sitting there looking across the desk which still had business in play that his dad was dealing with, taxes and deals and all kinds of things, all he could do is he just put his hands in his head on that desk for a moment and just remembered that the way that he left his dad wasn't the right way. And as he began to glance across the study, he was going across where the books were and he had seen something that had just sparked his memory. It was that package in which that Bible was delivered to him on that day of his graduation. And he picked himself out, out of the chair And he went over to that bookshelf and he picked that box up and he took it back over to the desk, clearing some space. He opened up the box and sure enough, there was that Bible with his name engraved on it. And once again, he broke down again. He took the Bible out of the packaging for the first time. And he held it in his hands and he realized that there was something that he had not seen the very first time that he received this great gift, there was a bookmark. So he opened the Bible up to the place of the bookmark, and it was in Matthew chapter 7. And there was a scripture in Matthew chapter 7 that was underlined by his father, the only scripture that was underlined in the entire Bible. His dad took the time and underlined this scripture. In Matthew 7, it said... If you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much greater is your father in heaven and willing to give you the Holy Spirit if you'll just but ask of him? And at that very moment, the boy closed the Bible and he he held the Bible to his chest as if he was hugging his father for the very last time. He held that Bible as if he was hugging his dad Loving his dad, he's got this huge, tremendous hole in his heart. And as he's weeping, and his tears are streaming down the the, uh, the the leather face of the Bible, he feels something land on his lap. And he looks down in his lap, and he sees a key, and it's a key that he recognizes. He said, "No way, no way!" And he runs out to the garage where his dad has many cars in the garage. But he sees a car that he's unfamiliar with and he can't tell exactly what it is, but he knows in his heart what's underneath that car cover that is just filled with dust, parked all the way over on the other side of the the garage against the wall, hasn't been touched in a long period of time and he knows in his heart what it is. And so he makes his way over over to that vehicle and he removes the cover and sure enough, Sure enough, what he finds is the car that he shared with his dad that he wanted all those years ago. And what I want to talk to you about today is how this boy received what it is that he he desired, the very thing that he asked of his father on his graduation. He received it at that very moment, but he couldn't receive it. He didn't like it. He didn't accept it. He severed even the relationship with his father because the gift came in a package that he wasn't familiar with, that he wasn't looking for. And so he rejected it. And I want us all to know this today. We often too ask for things from God. And God is faithful and just to give us even the very things that we ask him for. God sends it to us, but sometimes we're not ready to receive it because it comes in a package. It comes in a way that we're just not looking for. We didn't expect. We expected it to look like this, but it looked like, it looked like that. And I'm telling you this, that if we fail to do what it is that the Lord tells us to do in and through his word to wait on the Lord, to trust in the Lord, to stir yourself up in your most holy faith, to stand firm in the faith, then it's very possible when the gift that God knows that you need, the very gift that you've been been desiring whenever it comes to you, it's very possible that you can throw a temper tantrum just like this boy did to his father and shove that gift right back across the table, just like this boy had shoved this wonderful gift back. We can say, just like the boy, that I've asked you for something important, something great, and all you give me is a book of promises that I'm not ready for. And I'm telling you this, that that book of promises is the greatest gift. You look at the life of Joseph. Joseph was a favorite son, so favorite, that his father gave him a coat, the Bible says, of many colors. A very wealthy, a very honored piece of, of fabric, piece of clothing for that boy you know, to wear around. So much that all of the other kids were, were jealous, and he was sent out one day to go visit his brothers. The Bible says that they saw him off in the distance and they, they started, you know, putting a plan, scheming a plan that, you know, how they could kill this, this favorite son. And they ripped that coat off of him and dipped it in blood, making it seem like he had died. Threw him in a pit. They were gonna kill him. But then they saw some travelers coming by and they said, listen, why are we gonna kill him when we can sell him and make some money? They did that. He went off into a distant land, Egypt where he became head of a household in Potiphar's house, only to be lied against because Potiphar's wife took a a liking to him. She accused him of things that he did not do and falsely accused he was thrown into prison for a period of 13 years. Somebody say 13 13 years. 13 years for something he did not do. But he continued to remain faithful. He continued to serve the God and and to, and, to, and to you know obey God. And when he could have he could have done anything that he wanted to, he made some friends in prison—a baker and a butler—and he interpreted some dreams. And he said, "Listen, I don't need anything else, but I want you to promise me that you'll never forget, forget about me." And he's led out, and then all of the sudden. You know, the king or the Pharaoh had a dream that nobody could answer and the the butler and the baker remembered there's this guy in prison. And I want you to know that in a period of 24 hours, he went from the prison to the palace, but not just to the palace. He didn't go to the palace as a servant. He didn't go to the palace. He went to the palace as second in command of the largest kingdom on the earth, a man of power, and, and, and what a strange package that that is. Strange packaging for God to use a guy with so much favor. Come on, he had to walk through so much ugliness to literally be used to save millions of people. If you don't know the whole story, go ahead and read it. See, God just, he doesn't give us just great gifts. I want us to know this Christmas season This time when we celebrate the birth of Jesus, that he is most interested in preparing your heart so that you can handle the great gifts that you need and that you desire. I want you to realize this, that not always are we ready to handle what it is that God has for us. See, God has to do some preparation. He's got to work on our soul, right? Our mind, our will, and our emotions. He's got to deal with our pride and our egos, right? He's got to do some some work. He's He's got to bring about some humility so that when this great gift comes, that we know how to use it and not abuse it. How many of you have seen somebody that has been given power too soon and they don't have any humility and they use it to hoard it over people, right? And so there's a work that God needs to do before he gives the gift and sometimes, I wish it wasn't this way, but sometimes that work comes through pain and struggle and difficulty and trouble. Sometimes that's the only way to learn what it is that that we need to, to learn. And so fast forward, Joseph's reunited with his brothers and his brothers are fearful because they're caught dead to rights, right? They're the one that sold him. They're the one that threw him into the pit. They're the ones that lied to him. And I'm just telling you this, Joseph's response was this, what you meant for evil, God used for good, Think about what this man went through. Now think about some of the things that we go through, not to downplay it, but sometimes we get knocked off kilter just enough by, th- by little things. And I'm just saying this, that this Christmas, the challenge is, is stay the course. Trust in God, even when it doesn't make sense. My testimony, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but I'm telling you this, that, that I was involved in great addiction and, 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 and had a lot of issues and trouble and brokenness in my life, and I experienced some things that I wouldn't want any man to experience. But out of this insecurity and this brokenness came, and out of this addiction came a key that dropped into my lap, a key to ministry to where, to where God would use the least likely person to do some great things in serving other people. And I'm just telling you this, that God is not a respecter of persons. I say that with zero pride. I'm telling you, church, I would not have chosen me to do what it is that I do. I would have been the last choice but it shows us of God's goodness and his mercy and grace that he can take the most difficult of situations and bring something beautiful out of it. From the ashes come beauty. And guess what? You are no different. You are absolutely no different. You take a look at Job and his life. You know, Job was very wealthy. There was none like him in all of the land. God opens the door for the devil to begin to mess with him read the story in a short period of time in a day's time he lost his he lost his cattle and his flocks he lost his servants and then worst of all if you're a parent you know this would be the worst news of all he lost all 10 of his children What's crazy is, is that we can understand whenever the devil is coming against us, right? It's like the devil wants to kill, steal, and destroy. But what's hard for us to understand is when God opens the door and says, listen, unleash your fury on Job because there's none like him in all the land. We can understand when hell is coming against you, but how do you reconcile heaven coming against you? And this is, a, this is a very strange package for God to deliver a double portion because everything that Job lost, he received back in, in double portion. Twice as many cattle, twice as many servants, twice as many sheep and goats and whatever else he had. Somebody might be saying, listen, but he only, he only had 10 other kids after that. He didn't get the double portion. And what I feel so inclined to tell you, if you've lost somebody that you love, it's a reminder that you haven't lost them at all. He was given 10 new children, and guess what? This day, Job is in heaven with all of his children, all 20 of them. So he, too, received his double portion. See, sometimes we forget that this world is not our home. We're strangers in a strange land passing through. Sometimes we forget whenever we lose somebody, we think that we've lost them forever, but we haven't lost them forever. That child. That, that didn't make it even to full term. There is going to be a day and a time in heaven when you will be reunited and you will know him, you will know her, and they will know you, right? It's a beautiful thing, you've lost nothing. Don't be surprised if your promises from God show up in strange ways. The Apostle Paul said this, that everything that's happened to me, study this guy's life, shipwrecked, bitten by a snake, whipped several times, everything that's happened in my life, this is what he says, has happened to advance the gospel, has happened to hardships. And I'm telling you that in your troubles, in your struggles, in your turmoil, And some of the darkest places in your life, what you're going to find is a golden key is dropped out of God's word into your lap and it's going to open things up. It's going to start things that you could have never started had you not gone through it. We've talked about 2023, and this is my closing statement. We talked about 2023, about being a year of power. Can I tell you this? that power is not shown except in a battle. So we're excited, man. 2023 is going to be a year of power. But I'm telling you, the way that this power is going to reveal itself is in and through the battle. It's going to be in and through the struggle. It's going to be in and through the kingdom of light coming against the kingdom of darkness. And I just want to challenge you to make ready Make your heart ready that, listen, I'm going to enter into 2023 different than I've done every other year up to this point. I'm going to enter it with expectation. I'm not going to create things. I'm just going to be led by the Lord. And I know that if I'm led by the Spirit of God, then he's going to use my life in a remarkable way. Somebody might say, well, listen, I've been doing that. I've been doing all things right, but I've lost my job. I lost the job that I love the most. How many of you ever heard of somebody that lost a job and it was the very springboard that they needed to start their own business? And now if you were to ask them, Do you want to go back to that job that you know they let you go and you're just like, uh, no, thank you. I was created to work for myself, right? Some of you, and I don't mean to downplay this at all, but some of you have lost a boyfriend or, or you've lost a girlfriend. Some of you, after 20, maybe even 30 years, you know, your, your husband stepped out on you and he's chosen to go to be with maybe somebody else. And I'm just telling you this, that there's a key in the pain And while we believe that every marriage should be fought for and God is for marriage and God can bring about a miracle, sometimes these decisions are out of your own hands. You know what I'm saying? It's out of your hands. You can't do anything about it. And if you've had somebody that has left you, I want you to know this, that we hear stories all the time that new relationships being born. You know what, I wanted my husband to go to church with me all these years and he would never go. Now I've been given somebody, come on, that will will be about the ministry. And once again, we gotta fight for marriages, but I'm telling you that even in the worst of situations, you think that you may be alone for the rest of your life, it doesn't have to be that way. We need hope this time of the year. With whatever you lost I'm saying this face it with maturity God I don't understand this situation and I don't understand you all the time but this is one thing that I know is I trust you can we just say that collectively as a church that I trust you I trust you Lord I trust you with my life I trust you with my family I trust you, Lord, with this next year. And whatever it is that 2023 brings, God, I'm ready. And my answer is yes. I'll go where you call me to go and do what you call me to do. My life, as long as it is, it belongs to you. Use me, God, to make a difference in this world. To give you glory, to reach the lost, and encourage the saved. In Jesus' name.
0: That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch.